0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Kobe Bryant saying farewell to his brilliant NBA career. Oh, Backed away, stolen by Parker. Oh, it Here comes George to Kobe Bryant. Bryant inside, it's good, it's good. It's my game. Kobe under, shot at that time, scores, and the foul, Kobe and World Day. There he is Kobe working free throw line.
0: Trying to be patient in the key. Got to see it by Bynum. Underneath the Kobe, there it is. Look out for Powell. Face up though, he has handled this tour. He's working.
1: side meta world peace weak side rebound kobe gets a hand on it once twice kobe great play bite him going hard to the basket and scores what give play, kobe
0: credit kobe for others 8-0 run he's got 11 points two rebounds two assists kobe count it and the foul Three, two, one, yo, what's going on Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere, welcome to episode 60 of the Hog Talk Podcast, I'm Ty Hudson, along with me today is Jacob Scott Davis, how you doing my man? Yo
1: Ty, how's it going man, doing great, doing great, it's a rainy dreary Sunday afternoon but... Mm. Man, it's really, I'm really in the hog spirit today, even though uh, I am feeling a little bit down about some bad news we had today in the sports world. It's kind of a shocker.
0: Kobe Bryant, uh, at this point, I think it's all but confirmed, killed in a helicopter accident out in California. I mean, uh, we know that maybe there's some Lakers fans that, that listen to this, but hell, anyone who watched NBA basketball, this is a tough one. Me being a Celtics fan, I was, of course, rooted against the guy. We couldn't stand him when, when we had to deal with him in the finals or whatever. But I remember watching his last game as a, as a Laker and just watching him go off and being like, oh, my God, we're never going to get to see this again. Well, now you fast forward to January 26th, we're never going to see him again. And it's just no. um, it's really sad.
1: Yeah, I remember they were my second favorite team. I was, I'm a big Mavericks fan. I know – I followed Dirk throughout his whole career. That's the reason I watched the NBA. And I followed Kobe because Kobe was a guy that I just I just liked. You just every he had all the energy in the world that you just wanted to have. You wanted to mimic his shots every time he threw uh, some like a bottle or a uh, paper ball in a trash can. You'd go Kobe. You know, <laughs> it was just it was fun times, man. And and he will always be ingrained in my memory as one of the greatest of all time. You can I mean, still it was, do that. it's Michael. Yeah, it's Michael and then Jordan, Michael Jordan and then Kobe. Like you, there, there's nobody in between those. And and I do remember the finals when when he went up against the first super team that ever was. Uh, you you can call Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen teaming up with Paul Pierce a super team, and they ended up beating them, and it was just a beautiful thing. And and I was cheering for Kobe the whole time. Well, I I didn't know that, but yeah, he had he had absolutely nobody <laughs> Todd. nobody besides Kobe, and he took over the finals.
0: He did. He was such a he was such a pain in the Boston Celtics' ass. I mean, he just was. Whether it was regular season or in the NBA Finals, he's just such a pain in the ass. But um, man, it was so fun to watch him play. And and I I realize too, a lot of fans that listen to this probably aren't the biggest. NBA fans cuz the NBA doesn't have a major presence down here in Arkansas but we just thought that it would uh you know be the respectful thing to do we can't record today's podcast you know cuz this literally happens like an hour and a half before we start recording and and of course you and it's I It's on everybody's mind. It's on everybody's if, mind and we got of course and, we're going to get it out there.
1: And if you look at the couple hundred that we have in our Discord right now and that's all they're talking about yeah. is the is the death of Kobe Bryant and, and, and it's just it sucks, man, and you don't you don't wish that on anybody. It just shows you that, you know, even the untouchables are touchable.
0: Yeah, we're flesh Nobody and bone. Can death. It's uh, really sad. Obviously, thoughts and prayers out to Laker Nation and uh, him and his. I think uh, I, I, again, this will all we'll know more about about what all happened probably tonight or, or tomorrow morning. So we're we'll leave it at that. But thoughts and prayers with them and and. Uh, from one Celtic fan to Kobe and Laker Nation, man, that's uh, thoughts and prayers. It doesn't matter Absolutely. if you're a Celtic fan or not. I mean, I think everybody, uh, everybody's feeling for for Laker Nation and sad. Even really if sad. you weren't, even if you weren't an NBA fan, you knew who Kobe was. I like Kobe I know people. He was, you know, when I was in high school, he was that he was the Michael Jordan of. Those times, you know, Michael Jordan was on yeah, his way absolutely. out. He was coming up on retirement, and Jordan was on his way out, and here comes Kobe, who's uh, he just took the league by storm. And and uh, my gosh, he was fun to watch. So yeah, again, rest in peace, thoughts and prayers, and um, yeah, it's a sad day. It is Sunday, and and it's like up here in Springdale, the it's just gloomy. I went to Walgreens to to pick up a couple Diet Pepsi's, you know, just in honor of. I think one of the best head coaches already in the SEC in, in Eric Musselman, so I've got to have my Diet Pepsi. <laughs> oh, and everyone gosh. in Walgreens is like walking around with their heads down, and they were pretty busy. I mean, for a, for a Walgreens, there, there's probably like 20 or 30 people in there. I know that's not exactly Walmart numbers, but they all were just looked depressed, and I heard some people behind me talking about the stuff with Kobe. Um, I, I talked with another guy who was wearing a uh, a Razorback shirt, and and I asked him, "Hey, how do you feel about South Carolina?" And he looked at me. and He goes, "Well, I don't know." And you you would think we were just coming out of two game like a two game loss scenario here. And I started to say, "Yeah, did you not see us just beat TCU without Isaiah Joe?" Come on, cheer up a little bit, fella. Maybe and TCU TCU had just beaten Texas Tech. Sure did. Ranked that was Texas Tech. Yeah. Players.
1: Yeah, and I mean Kentucky barely got out of there in overtime last night at Texas Tech. So I mean TCU's not a—they're not a slouch team, and they're coached by so one of the most underrated coaches I believe in college basketball in Jamie Dixon.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that then. Let's talk about TCU. I want to get your thoughts, Jacob. What you? What are your after watching that? No, no Isaiah Joe. Tell me what you feel, because I know a lot of people in the audience, especially a few people in Discord and in my YouTube live chat thought that uh, Arkansas looked better without Isaiah Joe, and obviously they did. What What do you think?
1: Anytime you say, oh, Arkansas looks better without a certain player, it just shows that, hey, there's an X-man-up scenario. I hate using that term a lot, but, hey, <laughs> Jimmy stood out. Uh, Desi Sills came out and he balled. I mean, it's not like he's a forgotten man this year, but Desi's averaging, he's averaging, a, let's see here, What's Desi averaging this year? I think he's averaging in the tens or or so. I mean, so he's not a guy that just come out of nowhere. He's averaging a nine point seven uh, ball game, but he, he's done pretty well for himself.
0: He and came he, off he the bench up yesterday. Came yeah, he came off the bench, two he had steals been starting. Two steals, two rebounds, uh mm-hmm. eighteen points, three for three at three point range, seven of eight from the floor and he got all the bench points 18 if you know we're talking about you know we're kind of talking about how good silla looked last week and i kind of thought yeah i bet silla sees more time he got 13 minutes to seals 34 minutes and i think we can argue that seals uh <laughs> had a pretty productive night i mean any time you can put up those kind of numbers one for two at the free throw line you know again he had a couple steals he had a he had an assist a couple of rebounds he got into some foul trouble though he had uh, four fouls but 18 yeah. points not too bad
1: there were a couple of plays there. I mean, he is—he has a a really good driving ability in the lane, but he also has a pretty good shot when he's on that fast break where he got the three in the corner and just buried it. That was absolute that was the most beautiful fast fast press uh, play I've seen Arkansas have all season long.
0: I complained all year that well, it statistically the lowest percentage three-point shot is the corner pocket three-point. I'm, I'm almost yeah. positive that's the lowest. It's got to be. It's a hard shot. It's such a hard shot. And I was complaining that, man, they're trying too many of these corner pocket threes and missing. They need to get back to where there's some high percentage shots. And ever since I said that, I said that in a Twitch over on Luke Never Shaves Twitch yeah. uh, in his comment section as we're watching this game unfold. After I said that Isaiah Joe, this was uh, I don't even remember what game this was. Isaiah Joe drains like two out of three from the corner pocket, and ever since like Arkansas has been on fire from the corner pocket threes, and now it's like okay maybe they should start taking more of these. Don't listen to me, I'm I'm impressed. Seals was uh, Seals had a had a night, uh, but. Jalen Harris had a good night. Jalen Harris, that's where I was going to go next. Jalen Harris had a good night. He had seven points, but he was two for two at the free throw line, two of four from the floor, and he logged 33 minutes. He was one for two at the three-point range. and uh, We'll go over all their numbers really quick. What was most impressive, not only did they shoot six of nine, that's a little surprising they only took nine attempts at three-point range, but again, Isaiah Joe not out there. It cut their or it cut their attempts in half and it forced them to change kind of what they do on offense, and then they shoot 27 of 50 from the floor, so 54%. Almost 67%, again, lower lower uh, numbers because – or lower attempts, but higher percentage. Uh, uh, what you ended up shooting was higher percentage number, 66.7, and then 72, 72% the free throw, free throw range. TCU, however – uh, again, Arkansas's three-point defense. you know They give up six, but they still hold them six of 19 at 31%. TCU shot 48% from the floor, and uh, they also shot pretty poorly at the free throw line, though, 13 of 20. Well, not I guess that's not poorly. It's just not great, 65%. But, yeah, Arkansas wins this thing 78 to 67. Were you at all like shocked at what you saw, how good they actually looked without Isaiah Joe? Or were you just like, yeah, I totally saw this coming?
1: You know, I, I didn't, I'm didn't. i not going to say I didn't see it coming, because
0: I, uh, I thought Texas Christian
1: was going to come in and, and have their way. I mean, they have a big man. They had a guy that's just a really good baller, and that's uh, – I can't remember his name. Uh, his name started with a B last night. Played for TCU. Kevin Samuel? That guy. No, 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 no. That's the big man. The guy that was a guard that oh, had eight oh. points in the first half. Okay. Uh, came on in the second half and scored like eight quick points. And then Arkansas shut him down. Jimmy Witt was Bain. on. You're talking about Bain. Yeah, Bain, Bain. Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised that Arkansas shut him down. They did. And and Samuel got shut down in the second half too. So, I mean, I'm not surprised Arkansas uh, won that game, but I was I was very surprised that it was an 11 point ball game. I thought it I thought Arkansas would have won by five six or so, but not 11. And they even got it by sixteen at one point
0: in the second half. They uh, TCU's a little bit deeper. They got okay production from their bench. Um, I think they ended up with like ten points off the bench or something. But you know they got a couple. Uh, they got a couple blocks, couple steals here and there. They got a little bit. You know their their average. It looks like they like to rotate, or at least they did against Arkansas because their bench looks like this: six minutes, sixteen minutes, nineteen minutes, fifteen minutes. And yeah. so there's some heavy rotation there, but. I I'm not gonna lie when I heard that Isaiah Joe and we heard it first guess where before anywhere else in our discord I'm telling you people you need to be in on this discord stuff it's incredible um, and I'm so glad we decided to do that but I heard that and I thought that's gonna be a rumor there's I mean I know he tweaked his knee a little bit but he's gonna miss the entire game and when I heard that it was it was verified that yeah it's happening I thought there's no I, I don't know I, I, this might be this could be one of those games where it comes down to the final two possessions in the second yeah. half, and it ended up. Like, Arkansas was in control most of the game. Uh, they, again, they probably gave up more three-point shots than they would like. Six is probably – that is definitely, I think, above their average of what they give up, but it was still six of 19 attempts. That's, anytime you hold a team at, you know, around 30%, that's not too terrible. Um, not at all. I Again, Wit continues. I think I saw this was his sixth 20-point game of the season – Uh, He was 4-for-4 at the free throw line with that ugly shot he has. Looks like a third grader trying to shoot at a 10-foot tall uh, 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 field goal. Uh, I I was really impressed that this guy comes out again, and he goes 8 of 15 from the floor, logs 40 minutes, by the way. I think that's the most in conference play he's gotten so far. Could be wrong on that. And and don't forget,
1: this is his third complete game of the season. Is it? Yeah. I thought this was his first. No, he's played in two others where he played 40
0: minutes. Okay. Well, all right, I was wrong. That's, um, it's, he's, he's getting the production. It's like when you need him to step up, there he is. There's that mid-range jumper. There it is. He's going to go three or four with that mid-range. He's going to go four or five with that mid-range. Somehow, with that terrible free throw shot, he's going to hit – six of seven or six of eight, whatever, or four for four. Like, he just, he continues to prove people wrong. And I keep and getting asked. Is, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Thing
1: is, he's doing it quietly every, every night. It's a quiet 20 points. Yeah. He, I, mean, I, I mean, during the second half when they said, what's well, the 20th point by Jimmy Witt tonight? I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Really? And it's not like, I mean, I guess I don't notice it because the guy doesn't shoot threes. I'm so in – it's it's so amazing to watch his mid-range jumper and and the guy gets – twenty. It's, it takes 10 shots to get the 20 points. Yeah. So he's taking more shots. But, I mean, it's not like he's splashing like Isaiah Joe did last season. He's hitting mid-range jumpers that nobody sees anymore. Yeah. It's amazing to watch.
0: I keep getting asked this in my live chat, and we've been asked this in Discord a time or two. Will he play at the next level? And because he's, he's not a precision shooter outside in the perimeter. That's not what he is. Mm-hmm. He's I think he's taken, what, three three-point attempts all season long? He's taken one. Is it one? Okay. Yeah, um, 0 for 1 this year. He can surprise you, and defensively he plays really good. He'll get you two three assists a game. He'll get you somehow. He'll sneak up and have five, six, seven rebounds in a game. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, he'll put up 18 or 20 points. Uh, I... I I don't know. Like I'm not an I'm not an NBA scout analyst. I have no idea. But he's a 6'4", 6'3", 175 one hundred seventy five pound guard. Um, he's averaging fifteen points, five rebounds, close to about two assists, and he's shooting north of fifty percent from the floor. And he has a mid range jumper that you don't. And it doesn't matter if it's contested, which mid range jumpers usually are. There usually are, and especially when you attract the defense like he does. Like they defenses have tried to put bigs on him, they'll try to put guys with a long wingspan and big bodies to get in his face and force him to make difficult contested jump shots. And what does he do? He just he does it, and he makes it. And it's he's he's proven. And I've seen this in the Twitch chat before, that he's. He's proven that he can absolutely be this team's leading scorer, you know, almost game in and game out. So now, not only do you have Isaiah Joe, despite the fact that he's been cold lately, um, but not only do you have Isaiah Joe who can hit it from anywhere on the floor. Well, okay, outside the perimeter, his pull-up jumper, mid-range. I don't know what his percentage is there, but it can't be good. But outside the perimeter, because that's what he is. He's an outside perimeter shooter. That's what he is. He can hit the. He can knock down the NBA three. So not only do you have him, not only do you have Mason Jones who can make things happen, whether that means shooting outside or shooting in the paint or driving the lane, whatever. And then you have Jimmy Witt. You have three pretty damn good, well, okay, for the most part, pretty productive shooters on this team, on top of the fact that they all play really good defense. So Witt continues to be, uh, we can't say surprising anymore, but he continues to prove people wrong. Maybe he is NBA talent. You know, you wish he was a little taller maybe. You wish maybe he's like a six-five guard, or, or you know, with a, with uh, with those kind of numbers. But at this point, I think if I'm in the if I'm an NBA scout and I'm looking at at what he does and the element of his game. I'd I'd definitely take a look at him. I wouldn't have look Celtics fan. I wouldn't mind. They could use his presence on the court. They could use someone with that 15 footer, as ugly as it is. Now, as for his free throw shoot, as for his free throw shot, yeah, I'd like some work on that. But then again, if he could shoot pretty good at the line with that ugly shot, I mean, four for four is nothing to laugh at. So, um, no, he's 71
1: percent from the line this season. That's not bad. 50, 53 from the field goal, uh, just overall field goal percentage, which. Basically, is all he's had this
0: year. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, he's he's not a perimeter guy. And and uh, no. I've been asked that. Why didn't he take? If he's such a you know, if he can hit those fifteen footers, why can't he shoot from beyond the perimeter? Well, it's not his game. It's just like when people ask about Isaiah Joe, he should drive the line more. Well, he can't. That's not his ball game. That's not what he is. He's a sho- he's he's a he's a shooter. He makes shots. He's a perimeter shooter. He's a three point shot taker. Yeah.
1: I guess people were so in love with the type of game Dusty Hannes had. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just an outside shooter; he developed. That's what he was at Texas Tech before he transferred to Arkansas. He was primarily an outside shooter. Then Lee Mayberry uh, just helped transform him into an overall, all-around player. It was just brilliant to watch.
0: Yeah,
1: and I guess that's what people want to see out of Jimmy Witt and Isaiah Joe. But it's just—I mean, it's not your—if it's not your game, it's not your game.
0: Yeah.
1: Exactly. Because Dusty Dusty Hannes is still he's still stuck in Memphis with the uh G League. Yeah, I was going to
0: say he's playing over in the G Leagues. Yeah. Um the Arkansas getting ready to take on South Carolina. Jacob, what can you tell us about this matchup? Uh what do you I mean right now Arkansas favored heavily at 85 almost 86% over South Carolina. We know who that coach is. We know what he's capable of. I think he's one of the top three coaches in, in college, or in, at least in the SEC, in my opinion. What he's been able to do at South Carolina has been pretty incredible. And uh, I think he's done pretty well against Arkansas since being the head coach. Uh, what What do you like about this game for Arkansas? What don't you like? I know we're still waiting on Isaiah Joe because he's day-to-day. Just give me your thoughts there on this one coming up on uh, – when is yeah. this? When's this game? 730, January 29th. So give me your yes. thoughts.
1: So I feel like Isaiah Joe, though, he does hold a key for this game because you want to you have your best player back or one of your best players back. It, it gives you a complete roster. Um, I kind of like what Musselman's done uh, with Isaiah Joe, kind of like an NBA deal where you give them day-to-day, give him a few days off, uh, maybe a game off, try to get him rested up for the uh, rest of conference play. And I think that's a smart idea. So, you have this. Uh, you have a couple of guys for South Carolina that are averaging double digits. Uh, A.J. Lawson, who he's a star out of Toronto, Canada. And then uh, Jermaine Cousard, uh, he's averaging 10.7 a game. And then the rest of them, I mean, they're ho-hum. I mean, everybody's basically averaging more than five points a game through your top seven players. There's um, Mike Hositar, who... Uh, Kotsar, however you say his name, he's been, he's, he has had a pretty good career against Arkansas. And, you know, the size is going to hurt you. I mean, just like anybody, any other team that Arkansas has faced this season. Overall, their defense and conference play has been stellar. Uh, they're, they're ninth in total rebounds. So Arkansas may be able to, uh, have a, have success getting rebounds but we'll see there You bite your tongue start. you know what's going to happen yeah. when you say that i know it your, your co- co-star is going to have a fill day <laughs> <laughs> at six foot 11 getting rebounds over our over our four guard lineup yeah. if if that happens i mean obviously arkansas had they had three guards and and two forwards start saturday against tcu so that was kind of a kind of a shocker to see and not just Jalen Harris uh, coming in for Isaiah Joe and Desi coming off the bench. You had Adriel and Reggie Chaney coming into the starting line. That's the first time under Musselman that they've had two forwards starting a game. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, they're seventh overall in the conference in assists. Uh, they're third in co- uh, forcing turnovers with 32 during conference play, and they are sixth in uh, forcing turnovers this season. Uh, so Arkansas is going to have their handful. Uh, their de- uh, their three point defense is first in the conference let's not get that confused with Arkansas you know Arkansas is first overall in the country in total season in three point percentage given up they've given up a little higher clip during conference play but overall this season Arkansas first in the country but South Carolina they rank uh, they rank second in three point defense with 26% given up in conference play um uh, Frank Martin's teams, even going back to the Kansas State days, they may be ho hum during non-conference play, but they turn up in conference.
0: Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite coaches. I mean, really, I, I like him a lot. He's uh, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't nope. he doesn't really give in to what you know what you're supposed to say at times as a as a head coach to the media. Um, Typical team for him. And I said this a little while back when they were slumping, and I and I caught a little bit of heat from some people when I said, don't take your eye off South Carolina. Yeah, they're not playing so good during non-conference, but for whatever reason, Martin has his guys rolling. And you look at them now, they're heating up for February to get ready for March. Uh, it won't surprise me. I know they're 11-8 and eight right now, but it wouldn't surprise me if they find a way to sneak into the tournament. wouldn't surprise me. I think talent-wise – they're not exactly up there, but, it again, when you've got an excellent coach and you can find ways to coach around what talent you don't have, here's what they do right now. Points per game, they rank 218th in the country uh, at 70 points. Uh, rebounds per game, they're average. They're 133rd overall, r- averaging right under 38. So that'll be problematic for Arkansas. You could be, if you're average in the country at rebounding, you're going to struggle against, or you're going to have some success against Arkansas. And they've got a couple of bigs that they're going to rotate in and out. I think they move the ball around pretty good. They average about 14 assists per game, and then uh, points allowed. They're not terrible. 60, 66, I think, right there, about at 116th in the country. So it's a it's a typical Frank Martin coach team without you know without a star. And we've seen what he can do when he can build a team with a star or build build talent or just build a team around a particular player. He's able to do that, but I don't know if they have that guy this year. So, we'll have they to...
1: expected AJ Lawson too, but Yeah. I mean, there it, was some high of been a disappointment. Him.
0: Yeah, he's he's not been spectacular. What was he averaging points per game? About 14, I 13 think.
1: 13 and a 13.7. Uh another big uh, uh stat. I mean, I love stats. It's that's my thing. Analytics, uh, baby. Analytics. South Carolina shoots 61% from the free throw line. Yeah. 63 during conference play, but 61. That's Rav ranks 349th in the country
0: overall. And Arkansas was what? seventy? They averaged 70-something percent? Arkansas,
1: I think Arkansas is 74. Uh, Let me pull that back up. I actually pulled out of it for just a minute. They are – Arkansas shoots 72% from the line that's 7th in the conference. Uh, overall this season they've shot 73%, so that's 80%, 80th in the country. Not too bad.
0: No, that's really that's average cuz you got to remember yeah. how many how many teams there are. People in the audience probably are like, "Wait, that's not great." But there's there's a lot well, of teams. Well, Arkansas
1: shot 68% from the line last season.
0: Sure did. Sure did. 68. Sub 70% there is uh, never good. Arkansas Going to be one of the – how many teams – so you had 10 SEC versus Big 12 matchups. I think they went – was it 5-5 and overall? Five and 5-5. Five five five. Okay. Baylor beat Florida 71-62. to uh, 62. Uh, Kansas, number one Baylor over Florida, by the way. They are the new number one, although it's been kind of a curse to be ranked number one. Number three, Kansas, 74 over Tennessee at 68. I mean, Tennessee's fighting, guys. Kansas is pretty good. All right, we could talk about all their off-the-court issues later. Right now, what's on the court? Kansas. Cool.
1: Or they're on the court issue. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, all right. Or they're on the court. Let's pick up a chair and, and and slam you over the head with it. By the way, they had how many players suspended in that game? At least one. There's one of their yeah. one of their bigger players. They had guys suspended, and they still won this game, but it was still close. Again, 74-68. West Virginia, number fourteen. West Virginia over Mizzou. I love seeing Mizzou lose seventy four to fifty one.
1: And that game was really closer than that score. You know. Oh, was it? Was Yeah, I think Missouri had the lead 25-24 in the second half, and then West Virginia went on a huge run
0: uh, to really take hold of that game. I didn't catch that one. I caught some of the Texas Tech-Kentucky games, so that was a good matchup, 15 versus number 18, uh, and uh, that went into overtime. Kentucky won that one 76-74. Auburn – uh, number 16, Auburn, 80 over Iowa State, 76. LSU, 69 over Texas. I don't know who I'd like. That's the battle of, for Arkansas fans, that's like the battle of the lesser, the, the, the lesser of two lesser Who do you Eagles. hate more? Huh? Who do you hate
1: more, Texas uh, or LSU? LSU.
0: I, I'm just, I, I know I was a kid when we left the Southwest Conference and I still don't like Texas fans, but LSU fans—you know, they're them and their them and their their ugh, their, their Cajun corn dog nonsense. Keep it to yourselves. Well, they're gonna be rowdy for a while. Yeah, they are. LSU's pretty uh, good. LSU's a tournament yeah. team. But yeah, they won that one, sixty nine sixty seven. Oklahoma over Mississippi State by a point sixty three sixty two. Oklahoma State seventy three to A and M sixty two. Arkansas seventy eight to TCU sixty seven, and Alabama beat Kansas State, who also had uh, at least a player suspended from that Kansas Kansas State uh whatever you want to call that, WWE Smackdown. 77 seventy seven seventy four Obama win.
1: So yeah. Yeah. Arkansas take it. they I think they had a uh, much better looking win than any other other one. I mean, they that was the most dominant win of the DC Big Twelve Challenge.
0: Yeah, it was. It was, and uh, I think with with TCU people forget like this is a team a lot like Arkansas. Actually, they were picked eleventh or tenth, near the bottom of the big of of the Big Twelve. I think they, yeah, they're they're picked near the bottom. And they're proving people wrong. And here's Arkansas, who was was picked 11th or 10th in the SEC. And you can make the argument that, yeah, the Big 12 historically has been a better basketball conference, but lately, the last three or four years, you might make the argument that the SEC has been better. And uh, so uh, very similar these two teams, you know, with 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 their coming in with the expectations of not being great for Arkansas to find a way to... To to win or no, not find a way. I mean, they like I said. I never felt like they were going to lose this game. Really, from midway through the first half till the till the final buzzer. But good game. I I I like their odds against South Carolina. Even if it's Frank Martin's South Carolina Gamecocks. Even if he's had a pretty good history against Arkansas, I, I like their odds here. Um, I don't have their head-to-head record, but I think I think he's definitely won more games over Arkansas since being the head coach there. Maybe I'm wrong. It just doesn't seem like that record uh, favors Arkansas. But I, I, we'll talk more about that I think on Friday's show. So um, okay, well that's that. That's college basketball. That's Razorback talk. SEC versus Big Twelve talk. Moving on to recruiting. Jacob, we had a really big weekend. A lot of well, i say a lot of visitors. I think they wound up with five or six. I could be wrong. Um, You're right. Is it somewhere in there? Right, five or six, no, seven. So oh, was it seven? It was seven. What like, uh, what are you? Whatever. What are you hearing? What do you think? Because I, you know, I know that this is people want great news. I don't know that we're going to be able to deliver that.
1: No, I don't know if you get one guy. I mean, I know. Jt Towers, uh, the linebacker, is already committed here, but Javon Baker, who's committed to Alabama, he's he's not coming here, absolutely not, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, then you had Dominique Johnson, who was also committed here already. So you had two Razorback commitments that were that were already in town this weekend. So you don't have to worry about those two. I mean, Towers is going to sign. Uh, Johnson's already signed. He's I like signed. Towers. He's period. Yeah, I do too. He's a he's a guy with four six speed. Can he keep the speed? Uh, once he gets to campus, he gets built up being a linebacker. He's already 6'4", 210. So if, you, I mean, if he gains about 20 pounds, I still think you can keep some good speed on him at linebacker. Uh, I'm surprised he's not a preferred walk-on. He actually got a scholarship. So that was a that was one of the shockers of uh, this offseason and this recruiting process. Um, you had Robert Scott from Conway, who's currently an old Miss commitment. I don't know if this was a courtesy visit because recruits do that. Uh, when when new coaching staffs come and, and they're still trying to get all the in state talent to stay home. I wonder if Robert Scott really came and maybe hit it up with Sam Pittman, maybe uh he got a house tour two to see the uh, bathtub in the middle of the flow, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that really happened. I mean but you, you hope Robert Scott might have enjoyed himself because the numbers on the offensive line need to still be up and you need to get as much talent up there as you can there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, CJ Dixon, quarterback, six five two ten, out of Georgia. He's a big time kid. Uh, it's up between him and Malik Hornsby, who's Arkansas. Want more? I've heard that CJ Dixon's more of a polished passer, uh, more of an average athlete, but Malik Hornsby is more of a great athlete, a track runner, a guy that really isn't as polished as a passer, but he has a good turn, uh, a, a touchdown to turnover ratio. So. So there's that and then you had Brandon Frazier, the tight end out of McKinney, Texas, who's uh, who was committed on the on the old staff with Chad Morris, who's I'm thinking a heavy lean to Auburn. Uh, I don't know why on earth you want to follow Chad Morris, uh, when he's probably not gonna be there a year. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean you give the you give the keys to your Ferrari or whatever you wanna call the Gus bus and you give the keys to the offense to Chad and I mean, is he even gonna have 30 percent of the playbook installed by spring practice. Who knows? I mean, is he is he going to be the quarterback killer? I mean, the modern day Houston nut. I mean, what's going on here? I don't. But I don't know if Brandon Fraser even. I think this is another courtesy visit uh, for Arkansas, just because they had been in been in for him for such a long time. I don't know if you get you get one, maybe two, but you get one commitment out of this weekend, and, so, and next weekend doesn't look any better.
0: I think they wind up with with uh, maybe a couple recruits committing this week. Oh yeah, Jalen Saint John being one of them. Um, Ooh, he, hope that, I hope that turns out. He, uh, I, I, I think he does. He was just talking on Twitter today, talking about he needs an edit. Uh, so Ooh. I, I think, uh, yeah, and that's good news. That's uh yeah, that's
1: very good news. I'll
0: take that any day of the week. I think they wind up with Hornsby. I like their odds. I don't know. You know, we asked. Discord if they had any questions. We didn't really get that many. I'm going to have to scroll up. Uh, oh, Hornsby or Dixon. Kelly wants to know who will it be. Um, let me ask you this, Jacob. Are they going to take two quarterback commits if they can in this class? I mean, what are you why hearing? What do you, you feel?
1: Why wouldn't you take two quarterback commitments? Say one of them doesn't work out and he transfers out. What What is there to lose? Mm-hmm. Why not take one? Or why not take two? I mean, it may not happen, but uh, I would – I would rather take C.J. Dixon because right now he looks more like it. If, if you have an emergency situation where you lose Felipe Franks or or K.J. Jefferson and you need somebody in there right then, you take that C.J. Dixon because he's more well-built for the SEC. But if you want a long-term project who takes about two years to really get groomed and ready for SEC play, you take Malik Horn.
0: Really? Okay, so all right, hold on now. Stop the presses. Okay, you're you're taking you would rather Dixon, who by the way, you know, I don't know how into star power everyone gets. I know some people are all about it, some people think that it means nothing, and some people like me think there's somewhere, you know, it's somewhere in between the two. But you're all the hype has been around Hornsby. I mean, there's no doubt all the hype has been around Hornsby, especially since Criswell decided to sign with North Carolina. That Hornsby is that guy. He's rated higher than Criswell. He's rated higher than Dixon. You're saying that you would rather Dixon over. Over uh, Hornsby,
1: only because he looks better right now. I mean, I think Hornsby will take a little bit more time to develop, and so would Dixon. But if you ever had to have an emergency situation, I think Dixon's a much more polished, passion, polished passer. Here we go with the hard, <laughs> yeah. hard two words in a row there. But uh, but I mean, I would take both of them if I can. But I, I like Dixon just to be. Wow. I'm not trying to be different. I'm just saying, hey. Dixon has he's a better passer. He's okay. a he's an okay at, above average athlete. Malik Hornsby can run a little bit better, but you know, yeah, I, you take either or. But I like CJ Dixon's game.
0: Well, I I don't know what they do as far as quarterbacks if they're going to take two or not. I'm with you. Why not both? I understand too, though they're probably not going to fill this class out, so you worry yeah. about room. Um, but I'm with you though. I why not both? I mean, um, I I don't know like. What I've seen, Hornsby looks pretty damn good. Uh, he does. Yep. I I can see why he's rated highly. But then again, I'm all I, I tell everybody: be skeptical of highlight videos because what are they made to do? They're made to impress you, right? They're made they're yes. made for coaches. They're not going to show you the bad. So I haven't really had the opportunity, and I don't know if you have or not, but to reach out and talk to people who've actually had eyes on him play a full court or full football game, quarter to quarter, uh, starting uh, kickoff to, to final minutes of a game. So I don't I don't know. I can't compare the two. What I have seen, Hornsby looks pretty damn good. I, I would argue I would take Hornsby over Dixon, but I do like what I've heard about Dixon. Um, you know i don't know about qbiq i have no idea which one would come in and be able to take the reins if need be i think they'd probably be more likely to rely on you know, John Steven or KJ than they would a freshman. But if they had absolutely had to, I, I, you know, I think either one of them would probably do about the same considering they're freshmen. But that's, that's an yeah. interesting take. I don't know that I've heard anybody say that and you watch you be right. Like you were on Mason Jones and we're all out here doubting that he's going to be some sort of star and look at the kind of year he's having, he's killing it. So maybe you're right on CJ Dixon. Maybe we need to listen to you more, Jacob. You could be right on this, but well, I mean, a bun, a bun squirrel finds the nut. <laughs> Every once in a while,
1: <laughs> uh, I'm pretty blind. I'll tell you that without my contacts, and I can't see a thing. I got my but
0: glasses on right now. It's the only I reason. I think when why I, I do,
1: I think I have a pretty. I mean, I, I would like to say I have a pretty good eye of talent. Uh, I I mean, I've been l- wrong on a few guys. I mean, I was wrong on Nile Davis. I didn't think he would be a a guy that would. Last as long as he did in the NFL, I didn't think that he would be as crazy as he was coming out of college. But right. I mean, I was wrong on him too. I didn't I didn't think he was going to be a great running back, and I also missed on Ronnie Wingo.
0: <laughs> well, Wingo, what a so, guy! I, I'll tell yeah. you, the only name I've ever ever really been right on was Brandon Allen, because I can remember his you know his first couple years there were rocky and I kept saying look I saw this guy play high school football you know he's a fellow Fayetteville alum I went and watched him play quite a bit probably almost as much as I watched Mitch Mustaine in the Springdale 5 probably almost as much uh, over his course of time at Fayetteville the kid had an arm in high school he was uh, everything I heard he had high IQ and uh, and, of course, I'm talking to Fayetteville people, so I'm like, all right, are we being biased or is he legit? And they like, just wait, give him some time in Arkansas, he's going to turn it up. Sure enough, he gets on campus, and I'm defending him. Like, guys, give him time. Let this offense grow. Let the players around him grow, and let's see what they can do. What does he do his senior year? I'm finally right. Out. I'm finally right. It's like redemption. Yes, all right, go Brandon. And he finds his way in, into the NFL, and I definitely didn't see that happening. I didn't think he was – That level, anytime you make a fifty-three man roster in the NFL, that's a big deal. So I guess that's really my only claim to fame, maybe amongst my friends. And I still give them crap for it, you know, because they try to rag on Brandon, and I'm like, ah, yeah, but you were wrong. So it's always good to to. Are are, are we kidding though? We're never wrong. We're always right here at the HTP. And look, dude,
1: eighteen years from now, we're probably going to see another Brandon Allen. (laughs) I mean, another Allen Prodigy. I mean, he just. They just announced that they were having a son. Yeah. So, look, 18 years down the road, we may have another Allen starting. And we'll be thinking, man, remember those times, that, that 2015 season, where he just really turned it up, that second half of that season. I'll he never. was a, he was great. And then he just became outstanding, yeah. like extraordinary. A game uh, against Mississippi State. His last eight State. games. Oh, my gosh. The, and the old Miss game, too. Yeah. I mean, those two games <laughs> were just incredible, what he was able to do. And and you're thinking you go back thinking and we beat and we lost to Toledo and Texas Tech in the same year, Yeah. which Texas Tech had Patrick Mahomes, but I mean Toledo wasn't a slouch either. <laughs> what could have been that 2015 season?
0: What well, could have been? Yeah, that could have been special, and maybe maybe Bert could have bought himself some more time. I don't know. I mean, hindsight's 2020, but yeah, um, not. I'm with you as far as the recruiting weekend. Goes, I don't know how how much of an effect it had. Look, this is Sam Pittman versus the clock. We've talked yep. about this time and time again. You're up against that ESP, that early signing period, and it's going to come back to strike. And and uh, it's just such a disadvantage. I I'm really excited about what he can do with a full recruiting cycle. Really curious to see what he does with the 2021 class. Really excited about it. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, as soon as February 5th comes, early signing, or excuse me, not early signing period, the final signing period on February 5th. Once that hits, once we get everybody, it's like, and they've already got a bunch of 2021 offers out. By the way, I don't have the list, but they went at it, and I am really excited to see what they can do there. And here's the other thing too about what he does with recruiting. I, I mentioned this on the live show. He he doesn't stick to one state, and you know how we feel. Or at least I do, anyways. Like my belief is that Arkansas, the blueprint for success, is you got to recruit Texas and then the neighboring states. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not doing that. He's like, you know what? I'm Sam freaking Pittman. I'm going to go wherever I want. I'm going to go, especially down in Georgia where he's been, and I'm going to go everywhere. I'm going to I'm going to dip into these, to these, uh, you know, down to Florida and and, we're going uh, national, baby. Going everywhere. That's what he did when he was here as an offensive line coach. That was his philosophy. I'm going to go. Mm Where forget having a, a uh, just a particular pipeline or two to a certain areas in the country, or you know, just to, to wherever I'm going to go everywhere, wherever I can reach, and you know, it's, man, I'm going,
1: I'm, I'm going right. to Florida to get
0: Denver Kirk, going to Colorado to get Dan Skipper, Rag to
1: where was Ragnell from? He was I know he's Midwest guy. Was it Iowa? I think it was. Yeah, was it to Frank, in Iowa to get yeah, I Frank think so. Ragnow, uh Reeve Kohler to get uh, uh, went and got Reeve Kohler out of Hawaii. I mean, yeah, um, it was amazing what he did as offensive line coach. Went to Missouri Reef to get Cole. Brian Wallace, where Arkansas has never really recruited well in the state of Missouri at all. Yeah, Especially the last high-profile kid you tried to get out of Missouri was Doyle Green Beckham, and you saw how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> DGB,
0: oh my gosh. Oh, man. It's always interesting to me, though, when we talk about, well, he went, like you mentioned Reeve Kohler. Yeah, he didn't pan out. But remember his recruiting process? Yeah, that kid was highly touted out of high school. He's, he was one of the highest.
1: Uh, I think he was second, the second highest rated offensive lineman assigned with Arkansas under
0: Pittman. That's that's pretty huge. Who cares he didn't yeah. work out here? I mean, yeah, you care. I mean, you want that. Sometimes kids get on campus and they're like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to play college football anymore. I think yeah. he went on to – I think he's like a cop or something. Like he, yeah. he went and got I mean, his
1: – Jalen um, Merrick was one yeah. that Arkansas
0: – I mean, oh, big yeah. four, four-star kid that didn't pan out.
1: Yeah. Jake Heinrich, who was another uh, Under Armour All American kid that signed with Arkansas, he didn't turn out. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of those guys retired. Is Zach Rogers, who I think I think he was from Little Rock, uh, or maybe I'm getting my my cities messed up on on some of these linemen. But Rogers, I mean, he started out on the defensive line and was the was the starting center in 2017, and he ended up retiring. So. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot. I mean, they were higher rated, higher rated guys that just didn't turn out uh, on the offensive line. But he recruited nationally. That's what matters. It was, it was a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: just from a perspective standpoint, the guy goes out and and out recruits these other you know programs that were winning at the time mm-hmm. that were not in the situation that Arkansas was when Brett Bielema was in here trying to rebuild, and here's Sam Pittman out here getting you know all those names that you just mentioned uh reeve kohler and, and dan skipper frank Ragnow, denver kirk i got a like, couple of other huge. names for you Uh-oh. don't don't
1: don't forget about Vin Askelies. oh yeah <laughs> or uh the gatorade player of the year out of new jersey uh Duwap mitchell
0: Dewop. oh my gosh yeah, he Duwap. was another kid
1: that arkansas uh had
0: had committed from up
1: there yeah he ended up uh, ended up playing for Rutgers his last season of eligibility.
0: I remember that. Yeah, I remember how, how uh tore up we were over, over losing him. But you know what? We were too with LaMichael Petway, and then Petway goes yeah. on to Iowa State and ends up having a pretty good pretty good uh He wh- was really good last year. What who was that JUCO receiver? You remember this Jonathan kid? Nance. No, not him. I'm before that. Uh six three, six four, like two twenty, rumored to run like a four four forty. Brandon Martin. Brandon Martin.
1: He was he was committed to uh, LSU. Signed with LSU his freshman year.
0: Yeah.
1: ended up going to JUCO. Coming yeah, to Arkansas. Him. That was same year as Nance. That was that. That was that big uh, big class where uh, a bunch of JUCO guys. Uh, Beem was trying to get in that seventeen class that had Chevin yeah. Callaway and uh, Jeremy Patton, who was also the the number one tight end in JUCO.
0: Yeah. Oh, I remember that yeah. too. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. And, and that's why I'm, I'm, I am skeptical on some of these Juco guys when you get into their rank because you don't really know. Yeah. You no. you've, you've got Dorian Gerald, who's your, who's your D end, who, who had to red shirt last year. He'll be back as a, uh, you know, technically would be his third year, but it'll be his final year at Arkansas because he came out of the Juco ranks. Hope he has a good year. I thought he would have a great 2019. So, um, don't know and how you much. think
1: about Lakia Henry, too, who ended up signing with Ole Miss. Oh, who God. knows if he would have ever been an impact player at all?
0: Oh, don't get me you started. You just don't on know that. about those
1: Juco guys.
0: Good old Ole Miss up to their, their tricksies. That was such a weird, <laughs> weird final recruiting process with him. I mean, it's just, man, oh, man. That's another podcast. All right. Um, I think we covered about everything. Is there is there anything else we want to add to the show, Jacob? I feel like we're leaving something out. I know the women are playing today. Because of timing, we couldn't wait on that game. Uh, we have just certain windows of time where we can sit down together and record these podcasts. So, But I think they're right now. I just read where uh, neighbors yeah. got teed up in the game. That was at 314. So I, oh, I'm boy. not caught up. So a couple more questions. I'll, I'll – I'll... Let me play the role of host for a minute.
1: Ty, how it. about that? Have okay, it. what do you think about Marcus Henderson, the offensive lineman out of Memphis White Station? You think Arkansas gets him, or you think he's an Alabama lean?
0: <sighs> he's one of those guys whose recruiting kind of blew up there in the final months. Um, mm-hmm.
1: He was on he was on Twitter this past weekend. I think it was yesterday or Friday, yeah. where he said he's uh, logging off of social media until signing.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I I don't I don't know right now because of because it's Pittman. If it was anybody else, even Chad, I'd probably think I don't know. You know, uh, maybe yeah. there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance because you have Pittman. I'm gonna lean with a coin flip on him. Probably right. okay, coin flip. But the odds are Alabama. Okay, Jalen St. John, Arkansas.
1: Okay, Savion Williams. Oh gosh.
0: You know, you got that Texas offer, and that concerns me, but he's not, like, everything's gone quiet, and I still hear people saying that Arkansas's still in it, even though, I mean, he's one of those guys that was committed with Chad when Chad was here, then he decommitted when Chad was fired, and now he's back in the running because of, you know, Coach Stepp being retained. Man, that's a tough one. Only because. Again, Sam Pittman, and I haven't heard anything about him favoring Texas. That's his first love. That was that's yep. an offer he's wanted. But I know he's connected with Step. He's familiar with the program, the facilities. He likes what we have to offer in Fayetteville and Northwest Arkansas. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Arkansas. How about that? I'll go Arkansas. Okay. And one more guy. We
1: okay. need a tight in. Alan Horace, six four two fifty out of Crockett, Texas.
0: I'm gonna say Arkansas. You
1: think, you think he's gonna go with Arkansas?
0: I think he's going I think he's gonna be one of those surprises. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Arkansas. Okay,
1: that's because the they're the questions I had for you.
0: They're really all in on him because I know, like you mentioned, uh, the six seven tight end uh, going to Auburn. Frazier, yeah, Frazier. Like I know the staff is kind of like, yeah, all right. It, he's he came here to kind of test the waters, and that's all it was. He's going to yeah. Auburn, so I think they go all in on Horace. And I think they end up with him. I do.
1: What do you think of Broderick Jones, last guy? Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, six out of Lithuania, Georgia,
0: not Arkansas.
1: You don't think he's in a good Arkansas? No. You don't think he gives us a chance?
0: I mean, he gave us a chance when he came on campus yeah. for his ov, but um, I know, well, he only came here because of Pittman.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if the mama was so worried about his personal hygiene, I mean, <laughs> he can. Get it. If you if you don't know this story, Broderick Jones came and. Uh, when he came on his official visit last weekend, uh, he he toured Sam Pittman's house and and on his Instagram story he he showed everything the basketball goal, amazing swimming pool, uh, the bathroom the bathtub in the middle of the flow, two uh, two sinks and the and the mama said, boy you shouldn't be stanking then. You know, it was it was some hilarious stuff. It was it was great commentary, and I mean, even if it doesn't end up with Arkansas, it was a great try just to even get a five star to even come and look at Arkansas. Do you what? Was, so what do you think?
0: Amazing. Do you do you think they end up like? Is it not? Don't say that you think he ends up being a hog. Do you think it ends up like? If you had to give a percentage, what do you think the percentage, the odds are that Arkansas gets him? It's like I said last
1: week, and I think it's a thirty percent chance
0: of 30%. him flipping.
1: I think I think thirty percent may be high, but I mean, you never know. Sam Pittman's worked his magic before. We'll see. Make it
0: rain. That's what they need yeah. to do. Make it rain, ching ching, y'all. Everyone else is playing the damn game. I'm just kidding. Where, where's the bagman? Where's the bagman? That's right. <laughs> well, this Who's is like a, the bagman. This is a fun episode. Well, a slightly sad, you know, with Kobe's passing, but it was. Other than that, I think we were uh, able to have some fun with this podcast, though. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to our Discord, as usual. Um, they're awesome. We have a new uh, we have a new moderator, and he's he's actually I think he's stationed in the Philippines. I, I liked him. Yes. I, I liked him because he's going to be able to monitor chat when we're all out cold asleep. But uh, it's maybe your, an easy job. Yeah, it's the night shift, <laughs> like you said <laughs> on in our Discord. It's the night shift. <laughs>
1: But uh,
0: Your boy Judd is the newest moderator. That'll probably be our last moderator for quite some time. Um, until we, you know, we're trying to keep it. You know, we're trying to scale with the size of it because it is growing. But shout out to every one of them. I don't think we had any more questions from Discord. Um, I was trying to scroll through there. I don't see anything else. I think we covered that and uh, recruiting and basketball. Give a shout out to your boy Judd on on Discord. If you guys are in there, if you haven't already, given him congratulations like what we did with Kelly. So that makes Jacob, Porter, myself, Kelly, and and uh, yo boy Judd as the uh, you know the people that reign over this Discord. We reign over That's right. the Discord.
1: And if you don't really know what Discord is, Discord is just a group chat of I mean, however big of a message board you want to have. We talk about uh, Razorback sports. We talk about our daily lives and cheeseburgers and <laughs> and uh, what our favorite songs are. Recruiting. Uh, if you want the if you want the news broken to you first, you're gonna. Find it first with uh, our people down there on their Discord chat. It's crazy; uh, they, they break the news before I even get in there.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and if you don't uh, scroll I, up, you get burned.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I and mean, you get butt hurt because you got burned. <laughs> I I'm did like, the other day because it was funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was good. It
0: Just, was good. Yeah, we you know, those those the games as they're going on, um we've had to handle, well I've had to handle one individual that was kind of, you know, you you're, you're going to always have that negative Nancy in your in your chat, but other than that everyone's really cool over there. There's some really good information shared. Um you know, so you know, it's 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 good times, good fun. So I think that's going to do it for episode 60. It's it was a good one, Jacob. Man, I love it when you're on here with me, man. It's um, of course we love it when Porter's on here too. He's uh it's his son's birthday. Shout out. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday tenth birthday. I didn't get how old he was. How old is
1: I think he's I think it was his tenth
0: birthday. Is it a ten? Porter wow. Said. Yeah. Ten years old. Happy a birthday. And um For everyone here, on behalf of the Hog Talk Podcast, thank you guys again for listening. Don't forget to give us some star power if you're on iTunes, wherever, however you're listening to us. We appreciate you. We'll see you on the next one. Woo, pig, suey. Go Hogs! Go Hogs!